Welcome to 52 Minutes with Paul Rudy, an opportunity to learn about people in our area in a unique one-on-one format. Our host is someone who has spent his entire life growing up, attending school, and creating a highly successful business of his own in our local community. Please join us for the next 52 minutes as we settle in for another enlightening visit with today's guest. Here is our host, Paul Rudy. Welcome to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes With. Today I have the pleasure of spending 52 minutes with a wonderful entrepreneur in Champaign-Urbana area and probably even out of the state. And I'm also, should probably disclose, we're the best of pals at the same time. I have Spencer Atkins, Director of Development with the Atkins Group, but also just all-around entrepreneurs. Well, Spencer, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. Especially on short notice. You know, I thought I had COVID a little while back, but it turns out it was just the flu and and so I knew I threw your schedule out of whack. Well, anyway, thanks for coming in. And uh, I normally like just to start out with a little bit. I mean, the Atkins name in this town, obviously, uh, is well-known, one of the more well-known names. You know, you're certainly well-known. But before you were a famous guy, Little Spencer, yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys, Was I? am I right when you grew up basically as a child through maybe high school in Monticello and not Champaign-Urbana, or was, was there some... Was That's correct. We moved out. Uh, well, I grew up in Monticello. My dad moved our family out in Monticello, I believe, in uh, 1973. And we stayed there through my sophomore year. Uh, 1986, moved to Champaign. Did junior-senior year here at Champaign Central, which was a fantastic experience. I thought it was um, a really eye-opening, um, fun experience for a high school person to go from a small school to go to a larger school and, and uh just had a great time doing it. And you have two siblings. Yes. And so Todd and Suzette. Yes. And uh, Todd works with you. Oh, I guess they both work with you at the Atkins Group, correct? Yeah, Suzette has worked more in the agricultural department that we have. And um, so she spends some time there, but not not a whole lot of time. Jim Goss is the uh, ag director for, for the Atkins Group, and, and he's the one that does the heavy lifting on that side. Todd is the um, uh, director of management, and so he does the day-to-day heavy lifting items in our office. If it has to do with HR, has to do with maintenance of buildings, has to do with the ongoing um, um, operations of our company, Todd's in charge of that. So how would your uh, teachers describe you as a high school student? (laughs) (laughs) They're nice to me now. I don't know how nice we were to each other back then, but, uh, you know, I thought high school was a lot of fun. I thought it was, uh, you know, I'm not, I guess when I was younger in high school, I had a feeling that I wasn't going to go and try and be an architect or an attorney or a doctor. Why is that? Or an accountant. I, I didn't have the discipline. I think I had the discipline to go down a checklist and understand, you know, what needs to be done to get a project done. But for... Um, <clears throat> for day-to-day, going in and saying you're going to be a doctor, I didn't have that kind of discipline. Or to say I was going to be an accountant and do the uh, hard work that it takes to sit at a desk every single day and make sure that everything is absolutely perfect just wasn't my, um, my, my skill set. You think that's DNA, or do you think that might have been nurture? That is, your dad was more of the entrepreneurial kind as opposed to the scientist or the statistician, or is, do you just think that's just the way you were wired? I think it probably a little bit of both. I mean, um, you know, Clint 
or dad, Clint, uh, you know, he was more the entrepreneur spirit. He went around and, and tried to do different things and, and tried to think outside the box to get to the same place. Um, so, yeah, I think that was learned. But on the other end, um, you know, I, I know what my my disk analysis is, and my disk analysis is, or is to be more out, out and I'm more outgoing, and I, I like to have uh, relationships with people as much as a uh, relationship trying to um, – reading a book so you're, you're more about and when you talk about that disc analysis it's kind of a personality trait uh, yes. test uh, you're more inclined to be about people than things yes would that be safe to say and more more of a seeker n- not an avoider I, li- I like to uh, I like to be around people I like to see what's going on and and um, and yeah I'm, I'm just more vocal and were, do you, did you play athletics in any particular sports in high school? Well, of course, when you grew up, you did all, you know, kind of did all the sports. We liked to, um, you know, I played a little bit of baseball, played a little peewee football, but really um, my main focus was swimming. I started swimming at about age eight, uh, took a little hiatus, got back into it at 14, uh, saw some success in, in that. Uh, wanted to, of course, every kid thinks they want to go to the Olympics and be an Olympiad, but I also wanted to go to college and swim. Uh, that was one of the reasons we moved to uh, Champaign. <clears throat> Monticello did not have a swim team that was um, competed on the IHSA state level. So moving to Champaign was the natural choice. Swam for uh, Jeff Trigger, who was absolutely a great coach, great person. Uh, I look at him to still this day as a mentor. And and did that, and then realized when I went to college that I wasn't tall enough to play on that stage. <laughs> so so uh, uh, instead of doing a complete pivot and going into something totally different, I went into water polo, played uh, water polo at college. So let's, let's let's move from high school then to college. You went down to Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois University. Yep. Now is that when you and your brother had an airplane or something? Like that? <laughs> well, Todd went to SIU, and and I was. Um, not going to follow him, and I went down for the cardboard boat regatta, which is uh, Todd and I, or Todd built a boat for 19 people and raced it in a lake, and uh, it did not sink, and we had a great time. And I figured I could always transfer uh, to the school of, of my choice at the time, and and went to SIU and found a group of great friends and just had a really good uh, college experience, and so went to SIU. And yeah, we did have an airplane in in '89. Uh, we were talking to my father, and, and uh, he joked about, if you get your pilot's license, I'll get you an airplane. And I said, well, I'll take you up on that. So I went out and spent the summer, uh, learned how to fly, had a really good time doing it. And, um, and then we went down to uh, Florida, picked up a, a Piper Warrior, brought it back to Champaign, and, and uh, flew that around my, it would have been my sophomore going into my junior year. Gosh, I thought I was a big rock star, Ed, just because... Uh... I bought my kids cars and they were 16. <laughs> and you you met some of your current, some of your best pals today, best friends today. Is that where you met them at Southern? Most of them, yeah. I got one really close friend uh, that actually works here in Champaign. And uh, we, we met each other in sixth grade. Happened to both go to SIU, became roommates there, and, and still have a great... Is that Bob Guido? Yeah, that's Bob yeah, Guido. I have a long-term relationship with him, him and he's just, uh, he's just a really quality person I like being with. That's good. And uh, were you? So what's, what kind of a student in college were you? I have my vision. Of I was what that the worst. Like. I was the worst student in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, there was I. I took. 
gosh, where, where to even start with that? I mean, I, I did enjoy college. I had fun in college, probably too much fun. Um, <clears throat> and again, I, I looked at, well, actually, let me go back up. I took a um, life science course, and one of the people in there was talking, and we were doing a debate, and he looked up, and the teacher said, you didn't, work, you know, you didn't quite get this, and he goes, listen, my parents are pig farmers, and I'm going to go back and be a pig farmer. So this is going to be the best college experience I've ever had. <laughs> and so he was that person was a mentor. <laughs> so he so he was my other mentor that ruined my college career. Uh, yeah, I mean we we um, you know I went down and 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 college was good, but like I said, I didn't think I was going to be an accountant. I really didn't believe that I was going to be a, a doctor, and I knew I wanted to come back. I had a real affinity. I, I liked being around people. I had a bad landlord history uh, in Carbondale uh, with, with a landlord that I didn't think was very fair and I didn't think he was very positive. And I mean, uh, a couple of guys didn't pay their rent and he came along and said, hey boys, your, uh, your, your, your door's broken. Took our, door, our front door off the hinges and, and took it away. We didn't have a front door to our house for you know, a couple months until the guys got caught up. And, and not that that was totally wrong, but I, I just didn't think the way he, he handled University students seemed seemed um, correct, and and we'll get into this more in a minute, but and we'll circle back. But did that have an impact? Because you're involved heavily in real estate, did that have an impact on Spencer Atkins today? How you treat your tenants? Well, I I think that was maybe maybe the beginning of how um, you know. I, I think it would be the beginning of of how we try to work with people. Um, after that, I decided to get married. Um, needed to needed to get needed a job. Needed to work hard, and it was a natural. I, I went over to Baytown, uh, Baytown Apartments, and we did the original lease up on that. And it was 192 units. Uh, helped first. And that's the one over by uh, Sam's Club. That yes, it's over by people. Sam's Club, and that was really. I mean, I'd worked with uh, all the other apartments: Westgate, Falcon Way. At this point, you're in your low twenties. Twenty, uh, 21. 22. And I got to ask, and we'll get more into this, too, about your dad. I mean, he was so well-known, and your mom and dad both just such great benefactors to the community in the university, as have you and your siblings. But at what point in your life, what age did you figure out that we're sort of, from a financial standpoint, we're not like everybody else? I think that's a little early. I mean, maybe eight years old. Okay, um, but you don't really realize it. You don't really think <clears throat> that your best friend's living room's any different than yours. I mean, we had the same furniture; it was just a different house. But not everybody, not everybody has that reaction. A lot of people, money can really uh, affect them in a way that it, it, I, I've known you for I don't know how many years now, maybe thirty. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but I've never got the sense that that was the least part of your framework. Well, that's not... Did that come from mom and dad? Uh, I don't know. I didn't ever think that was what should define you. You know, I, I, when I was growing up, I wanted to be defined as a swimmer, right? I wanted to be defined as, as Spencer. I didn't want to be dis- defined as... The rich kid? That, that rich kid running around. I, 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 you know, probably the same reason I never started smoking. I, I never felt old enough to smoke, and when I finally was old enough to smoke, I said, why start now? And didn't your dad, once when it came to drugs, he had to say, you, you've said, I've heard you say it several <laughs> times, your dad's con- concept on that. There was, uh, there was pre- three pretty strict rules, and, um, and uh, you know, we, we 
we went by them. One, you know, was uh, you don't do cocaine. If you ever do cocaine, you're not my son. I will not, I will, I, you won't be a part of the family. The other one is you don't drive a motorcycle. Now, consequently, later on, I did get a motorcycle, but he's like, eventually you're going to wreck it. And, you know, those were, <clears throat> you know, two, two rules that, that, you know, you, you live by, and you, and you knew he was serious. Yeah, he was pretty flexible in a lot of areas of life, but he had his uh, just certain issues that were just that were just principles that were yeah. not to be, and you knew that. I knew it so very it clearly. Sort of made it easy to like, oh, he's not kidding. Was your mom's? And I, I'm not going to characterize your dad as strict, but would you? Your he parents in general, <laughs> your, but your mom and dad were they hands on, hands off? Uh, let Spencer be Spencer. Uh, you know, we know what strict parents are. It was, it was a really good childhood. Um, you know, mom worked when she needed to work. You know, if dad came home and Westgate was having a problem, you know, they had an occupancy problem or something was going on, she was she she knew to go in and get it taken care of, and then and then when time would allow, then she would be go back home and be a stay at home mom. Would it be fair to say that? I think a lot of people when they think of Atkins, they think of Clint. Naturally, I think more and more your mom. But look, looking back in your childhood and when you were older, it, was it a classic case where your mom really was really involved, but not in a way that people yeah. noticed, but yet was a key, the glue that might have made some things work? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, she was the nurturing person. She was there. You know, she made sure that we got, you know, up in the morning, made sure we got to school, um, you know, made sure that we, you know, we, we ate dinner every night. You know, we always had dinner on the table. Everybody came home as a family. At least when we were in Monticello, we did that. Um, so, yeah, she was there, and, and she was kind of the, the rock that was there. Um, Dad was working. You know, sometimes, and I remember some su- summers when you were younger, I mean, he, he'd be gone before you woke up, and, you know, he'd be coming home, and we'd be getting ready to go to bed. I think that I had a really strong relationship with Clint or Dad, and the reason I think part of that was when we were younger we lived in Monticello, and I swam in Champaign, so we would drive uh, from Monticello to Champaign and back every single day. So I literally would log an hour with Dad in the car. So you know, um, Do you know how much some people would pay to be in a car with your dad <laughs> an hour or two a day? Well, at the time him? when he was telling me to read a book and do my homework, I didn't care for it too much. Well, you would have been you would have been happy to get paid to be out of that car. Yeah. You know, the, the little the little white Chevette we had, boy, it was it was really exciting. Let me tell you. Did they push um, academics? Um, my grandparents were very academic. Um, well, tell me about them. Well, my grandfather um, actually was the architect for Centennial High School. Um, he he was a civil engineer. I, it, this is Dad's dad. My dad's father. Yeah. Okay. I really didn't know my mom's um, mother and father too well. My my uh, my mom's father uh, was in World War II. Had you know came out and and didn't live much longer. I think I was two or three when when he passed away. And then my uh, mother's mother actually lived with us. And I think it was third grade going into fourth grade is when she passed away. She died very young too, um, of other reasons. But. Uh, so I didn't get a very close relationship with them when 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 my grandmother, her name was Little Mimi. I was around Little Mimi a lot. We were very close. But then as we, um, so my grandparent memory is more my dad's. Okay, and he was this architect. And he was an architect. Uh, he he worked full time until I think he was eighty six, 
And after he retired, you know, his life seemed to deteriorate. He just, just didn't, didn't quite seem to have the purpose that was there. Uh, my, my grandmother was, you know, your typical grandma, stay at home, cook breakfast every, every Sunday. We would all go over there. I think there was 19 of us at the time that would go every single Sunday. We'd help her cook. We'd have, you know, a Sunday, Sunday brunch, help her clean up and hang out. And uh, just um, she was an educator. I believe she taught at, every, at the time at every school in Champaign. And your dad was close with his folks till yeah. the end? Yeah, I think they were pretty close. Um, dad uh, and my mom got married very early. My mom was still in high school, and, and dad was supposed to be a freshman in college, went to college, and then dropped out. I know they weren't happy about that. Um, they gave him some tough love, let him live in the house for a few months, and then said, get out on your own. So um, I think that's where some of the tough love in our families come from was them. Um, okay, so you met your wife then in college, Tracy? Yes, I sure did. Um, her brother, Jeff, and I were a group of about six du- six guys that liked to run around and have fun together. Um, very close friend, and I think what turned out, started out to be a bad joke, backfired on me, but uh, <laughs> probably was the best thing never happened to me. I'll ask you about that here <laughs> in a minute. You're listening to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes. Today I have 52 minutes to spend with Spencer Atkins, Director of Development at the Atkins Group and Entrepreneur. Be back in just a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes with, today I have 52 minutes with Spencer Atkins, Develop, Director of Development with the Atkins Group and Entrepreneur. So Spencer, when we just left uh, before the break, you told me about how you met your wife, Tracy. Um, and you mentioned that it somehow it started out as a joke that backfired on, was it backfired on her or you? Uh, probably her. <laughs> uh, her. Her brother, Jeff, and I were really close friends. Jeff lived in town until about, uh, probably about a year ago. He, he moved down to South Carolina. But, um, you know, I, I was at the rec center and saw his sister and doing aerobics. Obviously, we didn't do aerobics, but we were hanging, you know, at, playing water polo at the time. And and I, I saw her, saw her, and I thought she was very attractive. Later on, I saw her um, out at a social event, and she's got hands that she can palm a basketball on the bounce. And so as I'm playing water polo, thinking, gosh, if I was just a little bit taller and had a little bit bigger hands and bigger feet, I could probably, you know, get that uh, next level. And thought to myself, you know, wow, she's pretty something else so um long story short started talking to her brother about her and and i don't know i don't know if we want to get into exactly how we met or not but it's up to you well i never let the truth get in the way of a good story right (laughs) that's that's (laughs) That's really good to me i guess no we um uh i went down to mardi gras was had been going down to mardi gras every year and and um and and going down and staying on bourbon and I went with her brother and a couple other friends and, and I kept joking with them saying I'm you know I'm going to get your sister down here I hope you don't mind she's going to be hanging out with us later and next thing you know we're, we're there on 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 um oh down down on Canal Street just off of Canal Street and sure enough she comes walking down the down the, the way and Jeff's like oh my gosh he, he actually brought her and um and no, she stole his car because she wanted to go down, and we happened to actually uh, just bump into each other. She wanted some beads, and she asked her brother for beads, and he said, um, "No, they're Spencer's beads, but you know, if, if you want some, ask him." So I started bartering her with beads, and she would not. Uh, she she didn't want to barter. And finally, I said, "Well, uh, if you uh, 
if you give me a kiss, I'll, I'll give you the beads. So she kisses me at Mardi Gras, and I gave her the beads. And First I gave her the beads, and she kissed me. And then I looked at her and I said, I, that wasn't a great kiss. I, I want my beads back. <laughs> and I took the beads, turned around, started walking away, and she grabbed my shoulder and said, I can do better. And I thought, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, it was love at, love at second sight. <laughs> it, it was. It was fantastic. Um, you know, she moved in with me uh, just a, about a month and a half later, and 28 years later, here we are. You know, there's been some bumps in the road, but... You know, it's been fantastic. And uh, and produce four wonderful children. Got four kids, sure do. And uh, we'll talk a bit more of that, uh, you know, kind of in a life section here. And now does Tracy, um, is she, was she like your mom or where she support, you know, supported Clint more in a business way? Or is Tracy more of the, been more of the mom role that just kind of let Spencer go out and slay the world? Well, there's no question she allows me the time and the ability to um, to get out and do what we need to do. Um, you know, our jobs aren't aren't nine to five. You know, I I really want to be one of the first people in the office, and typically one of the one of the last people in our office. But our culture's that way anyway, so it's hard to do that. Um, she allows me the time when when. Um, when we first got married, I was trying to figure out. I was working at Westgate, trying to figure out how to do a better job at the management. We were working on trying to network computers, if you can imagine that, in one office where there was only one computer and we were trying to get everyone on, on a computer that could work at the same time. I thought it was pretty monumental. Um, we, were, we were working on some things that I thought were very important, and she would go up with our daughter, Alexis, and, and, um, <clears throat> and spend a week with her mom so that I had the time to try and figure out what we needed to do here. Um, she's still that way. She still allows me to, to work. She supports me, and she supports the the kids, which I think is absolutely fantastic um, and is very helpful. And so I think we have a very good uh, relationship and partnership. So let's go back to the beginning of your real career. Um, You leave college. You start out. Did you you go work for the family then at that point? I did go to work for the family. Uh, Came back and and, uh, actually was a laborer. At uh, at Baytown Apartments, I, I worked there. I, I swept up. I cleaned up after, you know, the carpenters cleaned up after the HVAC people and the plumbers, and and just tried to understand really how the how things were built, how that kind of construction worked, and and being under everybody and and doing the grunt work was was really um, the one way that people allowed you in. If if I would have been their boss, I don't think anyone would have um, been happy to have me around. But when you're going picking up their you know their nails off the floor and sweeping up after them, making their job easier. All of a sudden, they they, they liked me around. So, I learned quite a bit that way. And then my mom was uh, leasing up Baytown. She was the uh, the manager of Baytown when we opened, and so I then started leasing under her, and helped lease up Baytown, worked a cafe at Baytown, and then and then after, um. Did that for quite some time. We we had uh, we, Westgate was having a manager issue, so I said I'm going to go over and manage Westgate. So that's when I managed Westgate, and then and that's the property, the large property across from Kraft. Yes, that's uh, so pretty tough area of town. It it can be, but it's it's a great area. I mean, okay. it's very it, it's location, 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 and those are two of the the best streets, and right on the street corner in Champaign Urbana. So it's very convenient for everyone to live there. So safe to say your dad didn't just say, hey, you're out of college, freshly minted, come to the executive suite. It was really the contrary. It was a classic, you're going to start from the bottom up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that, that's what we had done. I was mean, that by design, or you think that's just kind of how it morphed? 
I think it was more necessity. I think, you know, we, that was a spot that you fit and it was a spot that you worked. And if you wanted to try and do something different and you want, didn't want to do that for the rest of your life, there was no harm, no foul. So I think I was able to do that, but didn't want to, wasn't really totally comfortable being in that spot forever. So I wanted to move up. So the best part is that if you start out from the top and you want to move up, there's really nowhere to go. Um, this way, we were able to, you know, went from Baytown to Westgate to the Atkins Group to ultimately uh, purchasing the apartment portfolio from from Clint, which I think gave me the best, was the most liberating and independent thing we did, but <clears throat> probably the most scary thing I've ever done in my life, too. About what age would that have been? Um, that was in uh, January 1, uh, 1997. So um, I think I was 26 years old. Okay, so tw- 26 years old, and you all of a sudden, and did you partner with Todd on that, or is that your was that yeah, your that, sole deal? That's actually a pretty good story too. Uh, Todd came in, and, and there was four apartment communities: one in Rantoul, one in Peoria, and two in Champaign. And we had been managing them, and, and Todd and I were splitting our duties and you know working on them. And and I was more leasing, uh, trying to get them leased up, make sure the managers were, were doing well, and 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 keeping the uh, residents. Um, uh, keeping keeping the residents happy and working on retention. Todd, on the other hand, was working more on the maintenance side. A lot of managers, when they come in, don't always know exactly what all the maintenance side is. And Todd's very good at maintenance. Todd knows if you know if you're overpaying for a maintenance item that you might need, you know, or or where the best place to get them is, or or how to work with the maintenance guys to make sure that we have better you know policies and procedures to you know to to get better throughput. To, um, to work so we were working together and Todd walks up to me and he goes hey we, we just did this deal together it was um we, we had sold a piece of ground that we'd picked up on route 45 it was the old Dally Land Co and it's now there's a greenhouse down there and I think that's where the the uh, well that's where the Savoy is at the city of Savoy so we'd sold that we had a little money and Todd goes if we play our cards right I think we can buy um uh, Falcon Way and let's go ask dad if we can do it so we, we were trying to figure out how to get the financing. We had a little bit of money in our pocket. We went in and said, hey, Dad, we got this great idea. <laughs> he goes, sit down. So we talked to him for a minute. And we said, we want to buy this uh, Falcon Way. He goes, no problem. Uh, he used a little more colorful words. But he wasn't, he wasn't mean and mad, but he was just like, pack up and get out. You're fired. And we're like, what? He goes, yeah, you're going to steal my best employees. You're going to steal my best customers. You're going to steal my best managers. You're going to steal my carpet. You know what? It's a conflict of interest. Good luck. See you later. Wow. So Todd and I walked out in the hallway, and we gave each other this look like, did that just happen? What's going on? And then I looked at Todd, and I go, Todd, let's turn around and go in and say, well, we'll buy them all. And uh, and we both got, well, what do we have to lose, right? So we just turned back around, and we went in, and we talked to, talked to Dad and said, hey, and he's still kind of fuming. And we said, can you calm down a second? We were thinking, well, if it's a conflict of interest, we still want to work with you, and we still want to be around you. You're still our dad. What if we buy them all? And he just sits back in his chair and he goes, well, let's think about that. So we did think about it. And we, we uh, worked on, you know, we went to work at it. And, you know, my job was to get the appraisals. Banking was a little bit different back in the 90s. It, you know, we didn't have the, um, you, know, you, you could, there was a little more flexibility. Right. And so I worked really hard on, on getting good appraisals and working really hard with the bank and getting our appraisals up to where they needed to be. And my brother worked really hard on, Making sure that the properties were were put in the right position, so when the appraisers came in, we we could pull this off. 
And we did. We bought them all. It was scariest time ever. Um, we wrote, we stroked a huge check. Um, what, do, what do you mean by that? What's well, that lingo? <laughs> we First, we had to borrow a ton of money, and, and then we put everything we had on the line. I mean, uh, it wasn't, um, we didn't put a credit card down, but, you know, I took all the savings I had, put everything on the line. You know, we uh, personally guaranteed everything. So if we made a mistake, it was going to be a big mistake. Now, the backdrop might have been if we would have failed, would would Clint came back in and say, hey, I'll buy him back off of you. He could have, but the banks didn't have that guarantee. No one had that guarantee. So, you know, the next three years was, um, you know, work really, really hard. Make sure you're really, really focused and don't mess this up. And uh, obviously it worked. It did. You still own the same properties today or some of them? We sold one of them in Rantoul, but we picked up another one in Peoria. So we're about the same number. Um, It's about 1,300 apartment units. We and don't count beds like they do on campus. We count, we actually count the unit numbers. Okay, and so you also work for the Atkins Group at the same time. So you have your own projects, you and Todd, and you have some of your own. Todd has some of his own at the same Correct. time, but you also work with the family through the Atkins Group. Right. How, how does that work? Well, the good news is until recently there hasn't been any conflict of interest. Todd and I have stayed in the uh, in the, the apartments I guess we do have an office building, and we've got some farmland, but it's it's not really anything that I think, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to wear both hats. Um, we do wear both hats as best we can and really want to do what's right for the right property that we're working for. Um, so, yeah, there, there's other things that go on. What's the best part of working with family? Well, there's a lot of good, you know, well, the hard, I, maybe the harder part's a little easier to describe. The harder part is, the good part is, you can think about if if you're really interested and you really want to do it, you can go to dinner on Sunday night and you can sit with your entire family and strategize. And it's a safe place to strategize because when you actually do strategize, you're used to your brother and sister, right? And so if, you know, probably everyone fought with one of their siblings. Sure. And so if you fight with them, it's really not a knockdown drag out fight. It's a fight between the two of you and you're just trying to get your, your, your point across. It's a fight of ideas. Yeah, but at the end of the night, you still know your family, and you still know you're going to get up in the morning, and you're right. still going to come and, and be productive. Um, at least that's the way our family has, has been able to, to, to maneuver and manage that. Um, so that's one of the really great things is that when, when, you, when you want to do something, you have the team that's motivated to get it done. Um, not only that, you know, it's, it's a little harder to quit. <laughs> sure. so, so your team's going to stay there with you. So those, those are really positive things. And uh, so your dad died at a young age, 65. I think he did, yeah. I mean, I remember standing in the room. There was a lot of people there at the funeral, and, you know, I don't know where your brain goes, but sometimes you look around and go, you know, you would have thought he was the one saying goodbye to someone else instead of the other way around. Right. And, you know, obviously that has just losing a parent has that just an overall horrible impact, but. At the end of the day, you guys are still kind of business-minded oriented. Um, did that, from uh, the Atkins group, were there some material adjustments that kind of either psychologically or business-wise? Oh, it, you gosh, know, did it throw there, it into chaos? Did it make it easier? There's so many things that happen, and, and you just hope that you get good advice from a few people. Um that that's helpful. First, you know, dad passed. It was tough. But on the other hand, him and I were really close. Right. And I think I'm really lucky. Most people would say if, 
you know, when you're that close, isn't it even harder? And I said, well, maybe I think it's easier because there's nothing that I never told him and there's nothing that he never told me, I believe, that, that we missed. Right. And I think most of my friends that have had problems, you know, with, with, with parent issues of loss, that's really where it comes from is they, they never felt like they had closure. I think you're right. And I don't – I'm not going to say I had closure, but if I could wish for one more thing, I'd say, well, let's have another week. Well, once I have a week, I want another month. I want another year. I want another two years. So right. I I've, I've, was quick to think that's not going to happen. And if, and, if, and I don't like to talk about religion or politics too much, but if you do believe in, in, in the Lord and Jesus Christ, you, we're going to see him again. And so it's temporary. Yeah. Well, it seemed like you dealt with it pretty well, um, but from, from a business-wise, you guys have figured it out. Yeah. So, so Like per- anything, it's got to... So personally, we, we figured it out. The second thing that happens is don't ever agree to do anything. I mean, we were lucky with this. We had some really good advice. Don't make any major agreements or decisions for a year. Just let it sit. Yeah. I've, you know, I've used that as a retirement uh, advisor myself when, when things like that happen. Everybody feels comp- like they have to do something right away. I said, the best advice I can give you uh, is just don't get in a hurry. Just give yourself one year to just think through things. So right. it sounds like you guys had that advice as well. And if someone's in a hurry, look at their alternative motive. Just yeah. sit back and watch. So, so as you know, we, you think right away, oh, we're going to do this and make this change and make this huge change, and boom, we're going to explode and, and use all the, the, these things to do it our way. It doesn't really go that way. Well, first thing is you, you have to sit. You just sit for a while and, and understand what's going on. Then, then comes the uh, hard part of okay, here comes the uh, the taxes and and how do you how do you um, how do you strategize the company so that as the transfer happens of ownership and one who's going to get the ownership, how does the ownership work, uh, and and then make sure that you, that you don't put the company in a tailspin. So the first thing you do is kind of batten down the hatches and make sure that you're you're watching your expenses and watching watching the things where money can escape, and and so you really work on that. So that took, you know, two two maybe three years. It right. seems like you should be able to do it quicker, but it, it just takes that much time. And then after you do all that, you you, you know you've you've to um, to save money and and, uh, and and keep the company afloat by doing these tactical maneuvers you have now you got to go back to the employees and explain it to the employees <laughs> and and explain to them what a wreck you made of of the what used to be simple is now more difficult so that takes about a year or two to settle in and then after that year or two what we found was also becomes time to work on culture with with uh without one person at the helm so we have the respect for each other in the company um but you kind of lose your way with the cohesiveness of of employees Okay. Um, that's a good place to leave it. We'll we'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Paul Rudy's, I almost said on the money, but that's okay. Paul, I have that show too. Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes With, and it's 52 Minutes with Spencer Atkins. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes With. Today I have 52 Minutes with Spencer Atkins, director of the Atkins Group. Director of development, I should say. Um, we were just talking about the impact of your dad, not only on your personal life, your dad's premature death, as my words, at 65, I think that's young. Um, it's been nine years now, you, you mentioned during the break. Um, and then you, you guys, I guess through wise counsel, you figured your way from a business perspective. So you got two sides of your life that are all intertwined. I got to ask, do you ever, did you ever, and you guys have flourished. I mean, arguably you guys have flourished ever since. 
I'm sure it took a while to get your feet, but you guys continue to grow and can continue to be a great community servants and, and, and benefactors. Um, did you ever get a sense that, uh-oh, this isn't going to work, Spencer and Todd, I'm not sure they can do what Clint did. did. Did you ever have that chip on your shoulder? Did you ever hear that? Did you ever feel like people might have thought that? I'm sure, you know, that's human nature, right? I'm I'm sure people think that all the time. And I'm sure that, you know, when we took time to digest what was going on and we took time to, to restructure the company, that felt that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are big shoes to fill. Well, your dad was a... The, the flavor of the company changed in the extent that your dad was a benevolent dictator, right? It went from, and then he went from kind of to a democracy, or or more to a board, and then you know, and then probably G three will be a federation. You know, it'll be more even even be harder if if we allow it to go that way. You mean by the next generation? By the next generation, yeah. G one is the founder. G two it means generation. Yeah. Generation one is a founder. Generation two is the children. Generation three would be grandchildren and then so on. And we know that it's an uphill battle, if we look historically, uh, to keep uh, any business going past more than two or three generations is a pretty big ask. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've done that. And, and then not only that, to try and keep everyone in the family happy. What we found when I was talking about the cohesiveness a minute ago was, you know, we've got a fantastic team. We've got people that have been with us 30 years. I mean, really, really good people. Some even some people that aren't with us anymore are still were fantastic and 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 they were part of our culture. But what we found out, and I don't know the best analogy, but maybe it's a football team. Uh, without that one person saying this is what we're doing, I felt I was carrying the torch. What was best for the company and and maybe you know uh, was like a running back running around the left end. My brother, you know, was. Uh, felt he was doing the right thing and and he was working as hard as he could but what he felt you know one or two of our items were a crossover but two of the other items weren't a crossover so you know he's he's going the other direction looking for a pass and then you got you know a senior management in there and and they're doing the exact same thing believing they're doing what's right but one person's blocking right and one person's blocking left so we were we're all really doing well but we were kind of going different directions but um, it, no, I'm sorry, and, and it wasn't bad. But what we really needed to do was 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 get our company together and make sure that we're we're going one direction. So that's when we took the time to come up with you know a company. Um, uh, we don't we don't use mission statement, but uh, we have we have a purpose, and we have what what our um, strategic plan type of yeah. It's basically our mission statement. So it's guys. It's we we want to grow. We want integrity. We want to support each other, and then we want excellence, shoot for excellence. And then our purpose is to enhance as many lives as possible. And once we once we put that down on paper with the whole group, we all then now are, are charging the same direction. So and, you're all pointed in the same direction. And it's point. really exciting to see it happen. It's a lot of fun. And um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, we've talked about your wife, Tracy. Um, and before I go to children, uh, mom has become a bigger part of the company since your dad passed. Yeah, she's there. Um, you know, she, she's she wants to be informed. She wants to be around. I mean, well, I'll back up to. Clinton. She's certainly giving away some of your guys' money, three million dollars <laughs> to the baseball team. <laughs> yeah. Well, that there's there's some truth to that. Uh, she she is. Um, you know, I, I was going to say real quick about Clint. He, um, even though he felt like he was here, he wasn't here all the time. He was basically here one week a month. He was not an Illinois resident. He was a Florida resident, and he didn't want that to change. 
And so he was very um, um, directed on how he worked. And when he was in town, he, he did a lot of work in one week. Susie is uh, she's fantastic. She's very good for the company. She's very nurturing. She's she's uh, she's genuinely caring about how everyone's um, working and, and and being a cohesive environment. Um, but she is on the board. She likes to know what's going on, and she's got a management background. She used to manage Baytown Apartments, so you know she's the one that goes around and says, you know. Can we fix this? Uh, you know, this flower garden might not be right, or where are the flyers that are supposed to be over here? Where, you know, she's 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 very good at getting down and I'm going to say, quote, the weeds, and making sure that everyone's uh, at task on on focusing on on the details. And where do you think, uh, from a family perspective, starting out with mom and dad, that this giving back in major ways to the community is that was that always burning inside your mom and dad, or was it just? That's just a byproduct of knocking it out of the park financially. Well, you know, we, we can, gosh, you can say we, we, have a, we have a fiduciary duty to do this. But I think the other thing that's really interesting is we're, we're in the middle. You know, we, I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit. And, and we're, you know, uh, an oasis in the middle of a cornfield. There's really no reason for us to be here except for the ag community. And thank goodness we have the University of Illinois, which is world class. That happens to be in our backyard, and if and if we all work together and and do things together, we can make sure that Champaign stays on the map. If it wasn't for people that give back to the community, that care about the community, that do special things, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to attract new people to come here to work. If we can't attract people to come here to work, our schools start failing. Our schools start failing. Now the children don't want to stay here. So everything we do really needs to be internally focused on making sure that Champaign-Urbana and the communities around us are successful. And it doesn't happen on its own. It, it takes, doesn't happen it on takes, its own. It kind of gives that takes the village. Yeah. So it, everybody's got to give a little bit, and I think everyone in Champaign gives in some way. If it's you know you know donating something to you know. You know, or donating their time, or whatever they're doing. I mean, I, I think most people are proud of Champagne. I got Champagne Urbana. I don't mean to leave Urbana out. Yeah, I understand. I got to ask though. Uh, during and then I'll move on from there. But just the more recent episode with the Stone Creek Golf Course. I know for a while until people knew your vision, you were really kind of getting a lot of flack for it. I happen as one of your pals and business associates kind of knew uh that was going on and I, I got confronted by a couple of people because they knew i was a good pal of yours and i'd say and my classic line to them was you ought to thank god that the atkins family owns that <laughs> golf course and not just somebody who doesn't care about this community just trust me it's going to work out for your neighborhood community and did that bother you when you were hearing some of the back chatter about you know well, I wouldn't. It, it's not like someone talking bad about your kid, but it's still very, um, very. Um, you, you take it to heart. But what most people don't understand is the the time and energy and the legit. You spent legit, a year, maybe a logistics that goes behind going. What are, how's this going to play out? And and what are we going to do? And and how are we going to pivot from this? You know, you just don't walk in. I mean, I guess when you say these people might be happy. Um, Sure, I'm, I'm I'm flattered by that. Thank you, but many people probably would have just thrown the keys and said, "Hey, I'm exactly. out of here." Exactly. But there, there's you know, you know, there, there was no one to throw the keys to, and 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 you know what? 
<laughs> you know, I used to live there, so I, I want to see it successful. So what I was trying to do was take in as much information possible from you know all around the country. And and what we started to come up with was something that hadn't been done anywhere that I know of, and and I'm still really excited about it because I'm going to find another spot and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try it, and we're going to see how it goes because I think it's got legs and I I think it's fantastic. But back to Stone Creek, you know, it was just it was really good timing and it was really uh, university had a need for that one piece, and and like I told a couple people around me, it was kind of a great compromise. We went in and said, hey, if the Atkins compromise some of our financial goals and if and if the subdivision can compromise a little bit and Urbana can compromise a little bit and the golfers can compromise a little bit and the, the uh, prairie people can uh, compromise a little bit, we're going to come out with something that's going to be really unique and really special because that's when things grow, when you work together. And that's just the way you think. That's just part of your your probably upbringing, but it's also part of your DNA. Yeah. So I want to move. We have five minutes or so left. Uh, so we'll give each child one minute, I guess. You have four <laughs> children. Uh, what was it like to have Lexi, who now is an entrepreneur in Urbana, but for a while, kind of a movie star of sorts uh, for years? Uh, how is she, tell me a little bit about her. Well, the most difficult thing is we always said shoot for the stars, right? And, and I don't know if that's always the greatest thing, but we at least – uh, tried to give them the ability to do something special. Lexi was in the, was really in into uh, loved to dance, and then really wanted to make a shot at acting, and uh, went out to California and and gave it a good run. Uh, she was successful. She made money. Um, I think she was happy out there. She was doing very well. But ultimately, one day came back and 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 said, you know. Um, L.A. is a wonderful place, but I don't think it's a place that I want to be forever. And so she has her own store now? Yeah. So she Briefly, came, tell me about that. She came back, worked in the apartments a little bit to try and get a little business uh, feel. I, I think the apartments really are kind of a basis of can help you anywhere, I'm working in a leasing office. But she went out, and uh, she's really into health, loves health, and opened uh, Tele Organics. It's an acronym for The Earth Loves You, and it's an organic store in Urbana, and they sell Asahi bowls and, and – um, and granola and, and really, really healthy things, uh, bioorganic coffee uh, that, that are good for you. I'm, I'm a little overweight, so I don't always understand it, but, but I'm open-minded to it. <laughs> okay, so she's doing well. And son Spencer played football for a while at UCLA, economics degree, and now he's a businessman. Yep, he's doing well. Um, went to work outside. Uh, I asked him not to come back into the Atkins group and work outside and bring something new into, into Champagne, so we weren't so, uh, I don't want to sound bad, but inbred. Um, but he... But he went out, worked on his own, did really well, um, came back, worked with us for about six months and said, Dad, I love you, but I'm going back out to L.A. Um, he, California has this way of bringing uh, health and nurturing and, and, and livelihood to you. So he's working on a company called Still Life, and that's where uh, they believe people have a lot of anxiety from all the technology that we have. And that's basically calming your brain. I affectionately call it meditation. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and and it's it's not quite meditation. It's a little bit deeper than that. Okay. But that's basically what he's doing. And Tori, and then Tori went out to California, followed in her sister's footsteps. Uh, wanted to get into acting, but actually did pretty well in modeling. Same thing, was scratching and living out there, doing well. Um, and then decided um, that she she wasn't going to do that forever. It was a small window, so she she came back. Has also done some apartments, moved back out to California, and she was doing um, Airbnbs, but it's unique. They're, you know, five, ten million dollar home Airbnbs with fancy cars, and and so now she's um, 
uh, wanting to go back to school and go in the hospitality. And Bella's in college. I'm going to short shift her yep. a little bit because she's in college. Yeah, she's in college. And she loves, loves the arts and guitar and design. She's into fashion. So I got to ask you, how is it you're good pals with Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Paul's fantastic sense of humor <laughs> well, sitting in the back man. of a car going one-on-one on him on a, on a comedic, comedic improv. And when Paul finally said uncle, uh, we knew we had a good relationship with Bill Murray. <laughs> but you've become pretty good friends. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say we're best friends, but we get together a couple times a year, and we do stay in contact. And uh, I, I, I don't know if it's more friends. I think Bill would say we're more like family. Okay. And how about your friends? Uh, maybe caring. I don't know what the right word is. I mean, I, I want to. I would use that word. I would use that word. It depends. It depends where we're at. You know what, what we're doing. You know, obviously, if we're if we're um, getting in the car, getting ready to go somewhere, it, it's it's a whole different thing than <laughs> than you know having lunch together. Got it. Well, I appreciate you having uh, having you on the show today. I've spent fifty two minutes with Spencer Atkins, director of development at the Atkins Group, an entrepreneur and friend of Bill Murray's. Goes to his Christmas parties. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> Paul's uh, been there too. Don't let him tease you too hard. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening and listen for the next show of Paul Rudy's fifty two minutes with. Thank you, Paul.